God's holy word to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Our text this evening is verses 14 through 33. <clears throat> Hear now the word of the living God. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse 1. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a lad, he began to seek the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherim and the carved and metal images. And they chopped down the altars of the Baals in his presence. And he cut down the incense altars that stood above them. And he broke in pieces the Asherim and the carved in the metal images, and he made dust of them and scattered it over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, and as far as Naphtali, in their urns all around, he broke down the altars and beat the Asherim and the images into powder and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel. Then he returned to Jerusalem. And the eighteenth year of his reign, when he had cleansed the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Maaseiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. They came to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that had been brought into the house of God, which the Levites, the keepers of the threshold, had collected from Manasseh and Ephraim, and from all the remnant of Israel, and from all Judah and Benjamin, and from the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And they gave it to the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord, and the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord gave it for repairing and restoring the house. They gave it to the carpenters and the builders to buy quarried stone and timbers for binders and beams for the buildings that the kings of Judah had let go to run. And the men did the work faithfully. Over them were set Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites of the sons of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshulam, of the sons of the Kohathites to have oversight. The Levites, all who were skillful with instruments and music, were over the burden bearers and directed all who did work in every kind of service. And some of the Levites were scribes and officials and gatekeepers. While they were bringing out the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord giving through Moses. Then Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. 
And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. Shaphan brought the book to the king and further reported to the king, All that was committed to your servants they are doing. They have emptied out the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have given it into the hand of the overseers and the workmen. And then Shaphan the secretary told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it before the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahiakim the son of Shaphan, Abdon the son of Micah, Shaphan the secretary, Aziah the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found, for great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord, to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and those whom the king had sent went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokhath, son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter and spoke to her to that effect. And she said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, thus says the Lord. Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the curses that are written in the book that was read before the king of Judah. Because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods. That they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. And therefore my wrath will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, and you have humbled yourself before me and have torn your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. They brought back word to the king. Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites, all the people, both great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. Then he made all who were present in Jerusalem and in Benjamin join 
in it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations from all the territory that belonged to the people of Israel and made all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. All his days they did not turn away from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Thus ends the reading of God's fair word. Let's pray. Blessed Lord, we ask that you would come now and that, Lord, this revival that you gave to your people in the days of King Josiah, uh, that, Lord, you would bring a mighty work of your Spirit in our day, that, Lord, your word would be rediscovered, that, Lord, we would humble ourselves before you, and that it would not be a momentary, superficial uh, uh, turning from sin to you, but from the heart. Lord God, we thank you that you are powerful and mighty to save. And so, Lord, come by your spirit. Uh, Lord, apply this portion of scripture, uh, Lord, to our own hearts, to our families, to our church family, to this community, to our state, to our whole nation. O oh Lord, have mercy upon us. We tremble before you, and we ask for mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Last Lord's Day, uh, we saw that God graciously touched the heart of this young man. Uh, we do not know who uh, the messengers were who had taught him and shared the gospel with him, uh, but obviously there were faithful uh, men and women that God raised up to uh, nurture and care uh, for this young king. Uh, God used them, and God touched Josiah's heart. Uh, we see that uh, uh, this young King began to reign when he was eight years old. And in the eighth year of his reign, uh, he began to seek the God of David, his father. Uh, as we will uh, uh, note, uh, all of the elements of this promise, this answer, uh, to Solomon's prayer that God gave uh, at the beginning of the book of Second Chronicles, we find present uh, in this revival that God granted in King Josiah's day. In Second Chronicles chapter seven, uh, the Lord came and answered Solomon's prayer. Solomon had prayed. Uh, uh, spreading out <clears throat> his plea before Almighty God in terms of the covenant, in terms of what we read in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and Leviticus chapter 26, uh, that if God's people uh, uh, turned away from the Lord, 
uh, personal sin, uh, uh, corporate sin, uh, and the, the people came to Jerusalem uh, to the meeting house and confessed their sin to Almighty God, offering sacrifices. The Lord said uh, that he would uh, hear from heaven, uh, that he would bless and forgive. And we see in verse 14 the specifics of what God directed his people to do. In verse 12, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. And those were just some of the specifics that God had spelled out of his chastening upon his people if they ever turned away from him to false gods. If these things happen, when this takes place then, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so we see uh, in King Josiah uh, him humbling himself. And we'll note that as we go through this passage. We see him uh, seeking the face of God. Uh, he cries to God for mercy. Uh, we see him turning from wickedness. And the Lord graciously uh, forgave. This matter of the law of God, this portion of Scripture, and again, uh, you remember last time we said we do not know for sure what portion of the Pentateuch, whether it was uh, uh, just one of the books of the Pentateuch or uh, sections of several books or the whole uh, of uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And you may say, well now, how could uh, uh, someone lose uh, a scroll? And uh, what was it that the people uh, who were working on this, how did they find um, the book of the law? Well, it, it was uh, common practice uh, in big uh, uh, buildings uh, for there to be uh, uh, spaces that were purposefully put in the foundation of big buildings where important documents would just be tucked. Uh, scrolls would be kept uh, in this manner. And so uh, there seems to be that uh, a scenario taking place here that as the workmen uh, are uh, cleaning everything out and getting things ready now to refurbish uh, the house of the Lord that had fallen into disrepair, um, uh, the dust is moved away and here is a scroll or a set of scrolls. Um, and 
the men, they give uh, this to um, Shaphan the secretary. And Shaphan brings the book to the king. Um, they obviously had read portions of it. And uh, the particular portions that they read, uh, we do not know, again, for sure uh, uh, exactly what it was, but there seems to have been a very pointed uh, uh, warning that was given by Almighty God. In Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, uh, uh, definitely would fit uh, that bill. Uh, of the Lord saying, if you ever turn away to false gods, uh, I will pour forth my wrath, my chastening hand uh, upon uh, my people. And in Leviticus 26, uh, this chastening would increase uh, sevenfold. And if they still would not repent, sevenfold more until finally... Uh, the spine-tingling warning of God raising up an army from a foreign nation, a language that they could not understand to come and destroy Jerusalem and destroy the temple and carry them off uh, as captives, uh, scattering uh, God's people to the four winds of heaven. Whatever the portion of Scripture was, uh, the Lord touched Josiah's heart. And when he heard uh, uh, this, we see down in verse 19 that he tore his clothes. A symbol of, of him humbling himself before Almighty God. A symbol of his grief and sorrow that sin uh, had taken place. Um, in, in the Old Testament... Uh, the Hebrew word for repentance uh, is turn. Uh, here uh, was the king uh, turning to the Lord, turning from uh, these wicked practices. And even though uh, a reformation and revival had already taken place, uh, you remember we saw that in the 13th year of Josiah's reign, uh, the Lord raised up the prophet Jeremiah. And if you have not read uh, the book of Jeremiah recently, I would encourage you to go and read, uh, uh, particularly the first uh, uh, 12 to 14 chapters of the book of Jeremiah. And you will see over and over and over this theme of of God announcing that he was angry with his people because even though they were still going through the outward motions, uh, going to the temple, um, there were false prophets in the land uh, who were telling the people uh, that God was very pleased with them even though they were doing wickedness. Jeremiah calls the people to plow up their hearts uh, that they needed to have circumcised hearts, uh, not just outward expressions. Uh, yes, the outward expressions need to be there, but if that's all it is, um, it is not pleasing to the Lord and is only just uh, a facade. 
And so here we see Josiah uh, humbling himself before the Lord. Uh, We see him seeking the face of God. We see him praying and calling uh, the uh, uh, people to action. In verse 20, And the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Aziah, the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and those whom the king had sent went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokath, son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter and spoke to her to that effect. And she said to them, thus says the Lord. And so Josiah says, go and inquire of the Lord for me. Uh, what what does God say we we ought to do? What 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 is His instruction? And so she brings um, this word. Um, Hilkiah he brings the word back to the king. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel: Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord. Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the curses that are written in the book that was read before the king of Judah. And so here, uh, Josiah hears the verdict. uh, That even though he is repenting, uh, God's judgment is, is on its way. Uh, The Lord has already loosed the arrow, and it is in flight. It will be delayed uh, during Josiah's lifetime. The judgment will not fall, uh, but Jerusalem will be destroyed. The temple will be destroyed. Uh, The people will be carried off because of their sin. Because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. Uh, The Lord had warned his people over and over uh, to not turn away uh, from the living God. Um, turn back with me in the book of Deuteronomy, and we'll just look at a, a couple of, of instructions uh, that God had given his people. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, the Lord reminded his people that as they were going into the land that he uh, was giving to them, uh, the chief thing they needed to remember I was to love and worship and serve the Lord. And that they needed to press that upon the hearts of their children. That God is the fountain of life and blessing. That apart from Him, 
There is no good thing. We need to take that to heart in our day and time. We live in a country uh, of great uh, uh, deception. The lie of Satan uh, is uh, prolific in this land. People are being told, uh, they are being taught, of, sadly, from many pulpits and many most uh, of the government-controlled controlled schools in our land. Uh, that you can have good. You don't need Jesus. You don't need the Bible. You don't need the word of, of God Almighty. Uh, you, you will be fine. You will be a solid, well-rounded person equipped uh, to do everything good. You do not need the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You do not need the promised one. Look at Deuteronomy 6. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It is to stand in awe of God. It is to worship the true and the living God. It is to bow before Him. It is to turn away from evil. It is to have as your greatest concern not being right with your Creator. Not only to fear the Lord in your heart, but then to live that. And so uh, God called upon them to trust, uh, to love the promised one, to fear the Lord, you and your son and your son's son. And they were to express this by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life. That's what Jesus said. If you love me, you will do what? You will keep my commandments. And why? That your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, and a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so uh, the truth of the gospel and the standard of righteousness was to be upon our hearts, uh, upon our minds, upon our hands to direct how we think, uh, how we act. It was to be upon the doorposts of the house. Our families 
ordered by the word of God. Uh, the gates of the city, uh, civil government, uh, everything uh, under the rule of God Almighty. You know, it, it's, it's been startling to see the rucus uh, that has taken place uh, in the public square over an evangelical Christian being elected to be the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, it has been just a, a, a cacophony of, of, of howls of objection and horror that an evangelical Christian who had the audacity of saying that if anybody wanted to know his worldview and, and where he was coming from, uh, he told uh, the reporter, get the Bible off of your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. And you would think that this man was Genghis Khan uh, from the way he has been described. Um, we are living in a land where there is the lie of Satan. That you don't need to seek the Lord. You do not need to fear the God who created the heavens and the earth. You do not need his son, the Lord Jesus, and all will be well. Well, look at verse 10. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery." We live in a nation that has enjoyed the most incredible prosperity and ease and freedom of any nation in the history of the world. But we are living off of the fumes in the tank. And they are almost gone. The fountain of life and of blessing is still the same today. It is the true and the living God. It is the redeeming work of the Lamb of God. Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And if you go back and read the documents of our founding fathers, they used a term that they were covenanting together to establish a Christian nation, Christian states. And they stated in the charters of, of the original colonies that they existed for the glory of God, the God of the Bible. 
and for the propagation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every nation ought to bow before the living God. Every nation is obligated to serve the true and the living God, but this nation is doubly obligated. For it was founded with that express purpose. And Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Over in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we have another passage. And if you'll turn there with me. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. Now Jesus, over in the Gospel of Matthew, tells us in chapter 6 that God knows that we need food and clothing um, but he says that's not how we're to live, putting that as our top priority. He says the pagans, they seek those things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and what? All these other things that God knows we need will be added to us. You shall remember the Lord your God. Verse 3, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God, disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, 
that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God, and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And what has happened? What has happened? Recently I heard about uh, the horrifying, report that there was a school district in a small little backwoods section of the state of Mississippi. And you know what these people had the audacity to have on the walls of their schools? A copy of the Ten Commandments. Do you know that this backwoods place in Mississippi even allowed and encouraged and made sure that a chaplain, a pastor, an evangelical pastor would come and share the gospel with the young people in that place. Well, what happened? Well, the Freedom From Religion Foundation was contacted by one parent, and now it is on. Uh, the, the assault against even in a most basic way acknowledging the God of the Bible is being attacked and removed from the last vestiges of public expression in our country. Understand, we are near the fierce chastening of the hand of Almighty God upon this land. And what should we do? We should pray, we should humble ourselves, and we should be renewed in our love for the Lord Jesus and our boldness and compassion to tell our neighbors and friends and the people all around us that there is a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ the Lord. Turn with me in the book of Jeremiah. This is one of the things that the people in Jeremiah's uh, uh, hearing uh, in King Josiah's day uh, were hearing. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 1, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord. I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the firstfruits of his harvest. All who ate of it incurred guilt, disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. 
Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness and a land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that none passes through where no man dwells. And I brought you into a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and its good things. But when you came in, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. The shepherds transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. And therefore I still contend with you, declares the Lord. And with your children's children I will contend. For cross to the coasts of Cyprus and sea or send to Kadar. And examine with care. See if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And so in Josiah's day, when he hears and reads, he tears his clothes. He repents and he says, oh, uh, we've done wrong in God's sight. Our fathers have not kept the way of the Lord. And that's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to be saying. And we need to humble ourselves before Almighty God. We need to pray. We need to seek His face. We need to turn from our wicked ways. Josiah was a godly man, and yet when he read the book of the law, he was humbled afresh. It, it was like the Lord took this converted man and said, Do you see where we are? And that's what God is saying to us. He is calling us. There's an urgency. Uh, Josiah said, We we." are in a desperate situation. And so he re-covenanted himself uh, with the living God. And that's what God's calling us to do. Uh, to give ourselves anew to the Lord Jesus this night. Uh, to say, Lord, I, I don't care if my extended family, I don't care if my neighbors, I don't care if the whole county turns away from you. Uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, Lord, I don't care if I stand alone. I don't care what happens to me. You are the fountain of living waters. I will not deny your name. I will not be ashamed of your gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. 
And I will do all within my power to press upon my children and my grandchildren that Jesus, he is the lovely one. That Jesus is the only Savior. That he is our glorious prophet who alone can dispel our woeful ignorance of us groping about in darkness not knowing who God is or who we are or what is right or wrong or the heart of the gospel itself. Praise God, he has spoken. Praise God, Jesus is the great high priest who has come and lived a perfect life and died upon the cross to make atonement by his shed blood. And the second we believe in him, he washes us clean. And then he adopts us and takes us by the hand and would lead us to follow him, to have Christian thinking and Christian singing and Christian work and Christian play and Christian families. That is what God is calling us to do. And we delight and praise God, he is our great king. He has not only subdued our hearts, but he reigns. And this nation and the other nations of the world are doomed if they continue in their fight against Jesus. They will be laid in the dust heap of history like Babylon and Assyria and Media Persia and Greece and Rome and on and on we could go. The United States of America is not necessary for God to accomplish his good purposes. May the Lord humble us to seek the face of God. Well, we will stop there tonight and we will pick it up looking at this covenant uh, that Josiah made with the Lord and the people entered in. Um, that's what revival looks like. And we're going to see that for Josiah, it was true and genuine. And many of the people, it was true and genuine. Uh, but not everybody. And there was an undercurrent, even in Josiah's day, of people who wanted to serve false gods. And when Josiah tragically died, they were eager to come out of the closet once again. Oh, may the Lord save us. Our hope is in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we need you to grab hold of our hearts, Lord, so that we do not listen to the lies of Satan, we need you, Lord Jesus, to come and impress upon us that uh, we dare not turn to any other source of water. But you, Lord Jesus, the fountain of living waters, Lord, don't let us be as individuals or as families or as a congregation or as a community or this state or nation foolish in thinking that we can have good 
apart from you, Lord Jesus, apart from your word, apart from your holy laws being the standard of right and wrong. But Lord, law cannot save us, not even your law. Lord, your law shows us that we are sinners. And you lead us to yourself, O Lamb of God. And Lord, after we are joined to you, you take us by the hand and begin to teach us your paths. Those same laws that condemned us are the paths that you want us to delight in and walk in out of love and praise and adoration for you, the living God. Lord, we pray for this community in Mississippi that had taken a stand, and we pray that you would bless them, that they would not be cowed down by these uh, uh, Christ-hating atheists. Uh, Lord, we pray uh, that this organization, the Freedom from Religion Foundation, that, Lord, you would either convert those people, that they would quit warring uh, against the last expressions of Christianity in our land. Uh, Lord, that you would either convert them or you would sweep them out of the way by your hand, not the hand of man. We pray, O oh Lord, for our leaders, that, Lord, you would convert them or you would replace them with God-fearing rulers. Lord, we pray for the people who have come uh, into our, our land. Uh, Lord, we pray for the people who have been here for many generations. Uh, Lord, we need you to touch the hearts of people. Uh, oh, Lord, or we will perish in a sea of unbelief and chaos. Lord Jesus, you're the only one who can bring peace. You're the only one who can bring reconciliation. And it begins with you pressing your gospel upon our hearts. Save us, Lord. Save our families. Oh, Lord, save us as a congregation, keep us, Lord, and we rejoice to give ourselves anew to you. And so, Lord, thank you for your word. Write it upon our hearts. Stir us up. Stir us to prayer. Stir us to compassion. Stir us to boldness. Oh, Lord, give us resolve in uh, doing all that we can to uh, Show and tell our children and grandchildren of you, Lord Jesus, at home, at school, in every facet of life. Bless now, Lord, as we sing, uh, committing ourselves to trust in you afresh, Lord Jesus. Further your gospel in our land. Oh, Lord, have mercy upon us. In Jesus we pray. Amen.